The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with host Kristen Harper. She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Hello, everyone. Today is a wonderful day. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel and also on KFNX. And today is all about Alzheimer's, depression, and other health conditions. Could it be a vitamin B12 deficiency? We will be talking about B12 deficiency, an invisible epidemic. B12 deficiency, often mistaken for Alzheimer's disease, dementia, MS, heart disease, Parkinson's disease, depression, and more. Are you at risk for a vitamin B12 deficiency and uh, so much more? And I have a special guest today. She has a lot of expertise, and her name is Sally Patalock. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, please send me an email. My email is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Please reach out to me. Your business will get a lot of exposure because Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world. And KFNX is the largest in Phoenix, Arizona, as far as terrestrial radio. And if you'd like to learn more about me, I have two websites. The first is perfecthealthconsultingservices.com. I do offer consulting and hair analysis packages to balance body chemistry naturally and to get healthy and stay healthy. And also my speaking website, I am a health and wellness speaker. That website is kristenharperspeaks.com. Again, that's K-R-I-S. T-E-N, harperspeaks.com. I am a health and wellness speaker. I will be speaking this upcoming Friday, November 9th at 6.30 p.m. in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Arizona Pinners Conference on the top ways to reduce stress. I encourage you to please come and to purchase tickets, go to AZ pinnersconference.com and pinners is p-i-n-n-e-r-s and also i encourage you to check out my uh, social media whether it's google plus facebook twitter linkedin you can go to youtube as well and i just recently posted one of my interviews on the mark shuteski podcast I was interviewed about the incredible power of hair analysis, why you shouldn't eat fruit or do vigorous exercise, and we talked about 10 seconds of silence. So now, let me go over my special guest bio. 
Sally Patelock is an ER nurse for 30 years and practices in Michigan. She is the co-author of Could It Be B12, An Epidemic of Misdiagnoses, 2005, second edition, 2011, and Could It Be B12, Pediatric Edition, What Every Parent Needs to Know About Vitamin B12 Deficiency, uh, 2015. Could It Be B12, second edition, won the Indy Excellence Award for Best Health Book in 2011, and has been translated in several other languages. Patchelock has appeared in two documentaries and lectures in the U.S. and internationally about the consequences and dangers of misdiagnosed B12 deficiency. In 2015, a feature film produced by Alyssa Leonard Productions titled Sally Patchelock won Best feature film at the 2015 D.C. Independent Film Festival. Cast and crew took home 10 awards at the 2015 Tiva Peer Awards in Washington, D.C. The 87-minute whistleblower romance recounts Patchelock's 20-year battle to improve our healthcare system and expose substandard care. In 2016, Patchelock was nominated for the Nightingale Award for Nursing Excellence. It is an honor to have Sally Patchelock on my show. Welcome. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on I am very impressed with your expertise, and also I've been uh, checking out your books, and she has amazing reviews on Amazon. A lot of, she's highly rated her book, her books. So um, I would like to find out from you, why do you have such an interest in vitamin B12? Why have you done so much research on this vitamin? <laughs> Well, the reason why is because I have, there are, there are probably 10 to 12 different reasons a person can become B12 deficient, and I have one of them that I found out in my early 20s that I have one form called autoimmune pernicious anemia, and I have that. So when I was in my early 20s, I was going to nursing school, I was a paramedic, and if you have any kind of a disorder or disease, just like if you have diabetes or thyroid disorder, you learn about it so you can have proper care. And that's how I kind of dove into it because I had it, wanted to know more. And the more I learned and when I would talk to different uh, physicians or get consults, et cetera, I learned just how much they didn't know about the disorder. And that's what kind of started the whole infancy of me studying and researching B12 deficiency. So it came in for a personal reason, but then it kind of, the main reason why I really took it on was because working in an emergency department and seeing a variety of patients, I started seeing patients coming in that had signs and symptoms, didn't necessarily mean that they had it, but physicians refused to test the patient, and that's where it all began. 
Yes, uh, vitamin B12 and um, all the uh, B vitamins and actually all the vitamins are so important for our health. So I would like to uh, find out from you if you could please explain what is the function of B12 in the body? What are the functions? Well, B12 is one of the 13 vitamins our body needs for health, but not only for health, but you actually need it for life to live. Without B12, you would die. Um, It helps our red blood cells produce hemoglobin, so it prevents anemia. So we need it for the blood, but we also need it for the brain, the nerves, and the vascular system. So those four categories are the major, but every cell in the body needs B12. But when you become low or deficient, it attacks the brain and the nerves, so people can get mental illness, um, psychiatric signs and symptoms. They can have dementia that can get confused with Alzheimer's. They get cognitive decline. And then it can attack the blood. And how it attacks the blood is it is a cofactor for certain substances in our blood that if you're low in B12, it makes homocysteine, which is a protein, elevated. And when you have elevated homocysteine, it injures the vascular lining of our vessels, and people are more prone to throw, have a blood clot or an embolism in the arteries or in the veins. So people can get strokes, heart attacks, um, pulmonary embolisms, or deep vein thromboses. So it's pretty remarkable the different um, body systems it attacks. It's like diabetes. It's a metabolic disorder. And it attacks those different systems. Uh, B12 uh, deficiency is associated with uh, many uh, health conditions, and so, okay, so, so, in your book, and I would love you to uh, talk more about your uh, book, which you can find at Amazon.com, and you mention that vitamin B12 deficiency is an invisible epidemic. And well, just why I say that is, is for this is because many signs and symptoms of B12 deficiency are signs and symptoms of other disorders. And what happens is physicians aren't routinely ruling it out or screening for it. And so many times it can get misdiagnosed for another ailment. The danger of that is that if you allow a B12 deficiency to exist and progress, Mm -hmm. people can have permanent nerve injury. Um, They can uh, actually go to the point where they lose the ability to walk and they they reside like in a wheelchair or become bedridden. It can start off with uh, neuropathy, numbness or tingling to their fingers, uh, feet, So diabetics are high risk of misdiagnosis because many diabetics that complain of paresthesias, and if they're diabetic, the doctors think, oh, it's from diabetic neuropathy. Well, you shouldn't assume you should test the patients. That's that's one example where patients can easily get misdiagnosed. And there's lots, there are many misconceptions of B12 deficiency. How we were taught in nursing school and how doctors are taught in medical school is for B12 deficiency to exist, they feel that you have to have macrocytic anemia. And what that means is in really enlarged red blood cells and be anemic. 
and at least a third of the people never become anemic or macrocytic. And we know through research and through there are thousands of articles in peer-reviewed medical journals and in medical texts, the neuropsychiatric manifestations of B12 deficiency well precede the blood changes or the anemia and macrocytosis. And we don't see macrocytosis as much as we used to before for a variety of reasons. And one of them is the folate. If you take, if you give a patient who's B12 deficient enough folic acid or folate, it'll help shrink down the cell size at, and it improves the anemia. But it doesn't take care of the B12 deficiency. They call that masking. So we fortified all our grains back in 1998 with folic acid. Patients and people take over-the-counter folic acid supplements, and then people eat high doses of folate, you know, naturally because it's, it's good for you. So we're not seeing uh, the macrocytosis and anemia, and that's one of several reasons why doctors miss it. What we need is physicians to be re-educated. We need a national um, B12 awareness campaign and re-educating physicians, nurses, medical administrators, and hospitals. So no patient ever gets misdiagnosed and mistreated. Yes, education is so important. And, you know, having a B12 deficiency can affect health in such a negative way. And what would you say are other reasons that physicians are missing the B12 deficiency? Are there well, the, the major reason is there's a severe knowledge deficit. They're not getting trained properly in medical school and in continuing education lectures, they're not getting updated. So the main reason we have a problem is the severe knowledge deficit. If we re-educated everybody and everybody was up to speed, we wouldn't be having this problem. I wouldn't have to write a book. <laughs> and we still wouldn't be having this conversation today. Um, physicians, the second reason is there's poor absence screening in symptomatic and at-risk patients. So the problem is, even though we know the signs and symptoms of B12 deficiency is very well written, it's a, it's a disorder that we've known about since 1934. They won the Nobel Prize in Medicine and Physiology for its life-saving discovery, which was B12. In the early 1900s, 1920s, late 1800s, people died of B12 deficiency. So they gave it this other name, pernicious anemia. Pernicious means deadly. So we've kept the historic name and physicians interchangeably use that name for B12 deficiency. So when you look at pernicious anemia to mean B12 deficiency, if the physician doesn't see, or see a severe anemia and those big large red blood cells, they don't think B12. So that's another reason why they miss it. And they're waiting for this macrocytic anemia to present, which you don't have to have because of folic acid. The other reason why we don't see it is if people are iron deficient, it makes iron deficiency makes your red blood cells real tiny. B12 makes them real big. It's a mathematical calculation, so you can have a normocytic anemia and miss it. And we're not using other available diagnostic tests to aid in the diagnosis, which there's two other blood tests one called homocysteine, the other methylmonic acid that can aid in the diagnosis. And another big reason is the current range for what we consider to be normal serum B12 extends way too far low. 
So they, they define a B12 deficiency. If you're less than 200 is the deficiency, 200 to 300 is subclinical, and if you're above 400, they say you're fine. But we know when we use those other sensitive blood test markers, that is really not the case. And when you are in the 200s, you've had a B12 deficiency for a significant period of time. This is when people get altered mental status, confusion, maybe um, a little bit where we think they have a little bit of dementia starting, they can get paresthesias, depression, that's when that starts. And so if you wait that long period of time, and it's not a, a disorder where you get a B12 one day and it takes you like a week or two weeks to get it. It's a very slow, insidious process. It takes many months to a year to get lower and lower and lower. And so this is how patients can be put on different medications when it's really B12, and that's very dangerous Yes, and not cost-effective either. Exactly. I agree. So B12 is so important for our health, and today's episode is all about... Could it be a B12 deficiency? And this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's health and wellness channel and also on KFNX. And my special guest is Sally Patchelock. Please stay tuned and we'll be back very soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to KristenHarperSpeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. 
If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. We are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel and also on KFNX. And today is all about could it be a B12 deficiency? And my special guest is Sally Patchelak. Very impressed with her expertise when it comes to this vitamin uh, B12 and she has 30 years of expertise. She is a ER nurse and does practice in Michigan. And it's so important to eat healthy, you know, eat our organic foods, live a healthy lifestyle. And it's important that we are taking our vitamins and minerals because if there are deficiencies, especially vitamin B12, that can cause so many health conditions, uh, which uh, Sally uh, talked about earlier. So I suggest that you, uh, you know, work with your doctor, you know, see if you can get uh, testing done and they'll recommend what uh, dosage you need. And uh, Sally um, did state that uh, physicians, they, there's many that uh, need a lot of education when it comes to this uh, vitamin uh, B12. So Sally, who is at risk for a vitamin B12 deficiency? Um. Anybody who has a gastrointestinal illness, because to absorb B12, you have to have a healthy functioning stomach, small intestine, and your liver. So that's the major area where people can become B12 deficient. So you can become B12 deficient by being a strict vegan or a vegetarian because B12 is not found in um, vegan or vegetarian foods. It's only in animal products, which would be like organ meats, red meat, shellfish, poultry, eggs, dairy products. But there are many people who eat um, a carnivore diet, and they are also B12 deficient, and it's because they have a malabsorption problem. So if your stomach is not absorbing it properly or your small intestine, so where that can happen is, a lot of elderly people, as you age, you lose the ability to produce hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid, pepsin, and intrinsic factor, which is a protein, are the three substances that our stomach cells, which are called parietal cells, excrete those substances. So as we age, we lose that ability to secrete those. So this is why many people become B12 deficient. Then that gets ferried down into the small intestine, and we have these other substances called R binders. The pancreatic enzymes come into play, and then the ileum, which is the last part of the small bowel, actually has receptors that grab onto this B12 intrinsic factor complex, and it pulls it into the bloodstream. So all that tells you, if you have a problem with your stomach, small intestine, pancreas, and liver, mm-hmm. you'll have problems with absorption. 
So people who have Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, many times the tissue of the ileum is destroyed, and there are actually receptors that have to then transfer it into the body, into the, into the bloodstream. So commonly, if you have any kind of those disorders, you are at risk for B12 deficiency with that. People who have bariatric surgery for weight loss, many times they um, maybe three-quarters of the stomach is removed. It's like a little pouch. Those people are notorious for B12 deficiency, and they should always be placed on high-dose B12. People who have, say, stomach cancer and their stomach's removed, or people who have ileal surgery because of Crohn's or because many children can have at birth defects where they can use the ileum to remake um, the urinary system when they have uh, congenital malformations. So that's another risk factor. Um, people with eating disorders, bulimia, anorexia, they can get into trouble. And then the condition that I have is actually an autoimmune disease. Once you have one autoimmune disease, you're higher risk of getting other autoimmune diseases. So an autoimmune disease means for some reason the body attacks its own cells, like Graves, which is a thyroid, hyperthyroidism. That's an autoimmune disease. So it's Hashimoto's, which has to do with um, low, low thyroid. People who have thyroid disease, Hashimoto's or Graves, they're higher risk for autoimmune pernicious anemia and vice versa. So as you can see, there are many different reasons people can become B12 deficient. And another reason, the most common reason why infants become B12 deficient is because their mother is low in B12. Yes. We don't screen women when they're pregnant, prenatally or postnatally or during breastfeeding. And if they're low in B12, their breast milk's not going to have enough B12. And therefore, it, they call it a maternal deficiency where the mother passes it on to the infant. And the infant can get in huge trouble with um, a deficiency. Thank you for uh, sharing that. It's uh, very uh, good information. And would you say overall, because you've uh, been in practice for many years, would you just say based on you know, your practice, have you observed that many individuals have this uh, B12 deficiency? Um, they say the incidence is approximately 19% of like the U.S. population, and, and some, of them, some of the studies are as high as 40. I think that's like a little high, but a good average, not like exaggerated, et cetera, is around 19%. That would equate to over 61 million people in the United States. Wow, that's a lot. So that, that's, a, that's a huge number. Yes, that is incredible. That's so just... this, and the reason why the incidence is so high, and there's other causes too, there are certain medications that can cause a B12 deficiency, which are proton pump inhibitors, which physicians prescribe like candy. What the proton pump inhibitor does is it blocks the parietal cell from excreting hydrochloric acid, intrinsic factor, pepsin. So in a sense, if you t- took those drugs long term, like say over three, five you know, years, you can create achlorhydria, no acid in the stomach, and you can, you'll, you'll have lower B12 in your body. So that medication, there's another medication called metformin that diabetics frequently take. That does something to the ileal receptors, so that's well-known. And this is well-known in medical literature. So you have certain medications. And any patient out there, just so you know, people who are suicidal or depressed, before any doctor ever places someone on an antidepressant or antipsychotic, they should always screen for B12 deficiency properly. Doesn't mean they have it, 
but you need to rule it out. Because if you don't and they have it, it you know, taking your psychiatric medication, it's not going to correct the problem. And the danger is you don't want to injure the brain or the nervous system where it can become permanent. Yeah, testing is uh, crucial. It really is. Yeah, it'd be, the, it'd be the same as not testing for diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, there's lots of problems with this disorder. It would be like having diabetes. You'd have signs and symptoms, but we'd say, well, you know, we're not testing for it, and then we're going to wait until someone's blood sugar is above 450 to treat you. So when it's, you know, 110 up to 450, we're causing a lot of disease in the body, but we're not going to treat you until it gets really high where you've already created, you know, problems with vision, problems with your nerves, et cetera. It, it, it's kind of like the same, makes no sense what we're doing to, to people or patients. And B12, the, B12 is very cheap uh, to treat. So you start to wonder, is this why, you know, we're not ruling it out and accessibly giving it to patients who need it? I know it's so cost-effective. And would you, and I, I really appreciate you getting this information out to the world. What you're doing is very important. Uh, you're helping people. And um, have you done regular lectures on vitamin B12? Yes. That's wonderful. <laughs> I, I have a PowerPoint presentation where I give a, um, I have like a 75, a 60 minute presentation, a 75 minute one and a 91. And I also have one strictly for infants and children because, you know, when you look at B12, we know it really attacks the brain and the nervous system. Mm -hmm. When an infant or neonate is deficient in B12, it causes developmental delay, developmental regression. It injures the brain, the wiring of the brain. And it causes brain atrophy, which means brain shrinkage. So when you allow an infant, that growing brain is so critical, many times these children can be permanently intellectually disabled because of a B12 deficiency in infancy or early childhood as a toddler. And many times you can't reverse the signs of it so uh, or the outcomes of the d- destruction. That's why it's so important. Many, some children can be misdiagnosed as having autism when they actually have a B12 deficiency acquired brain injury. They've been injured because of the B12. And there are cases, there are malpractice cases out there. And there are malpractice cases of adults where they never ever, you know, they didn't include that in a differential diagnosis. And some people have difficulty ambulating or walking or have permanent nerve damage or in a wheelchair. And, you know, you have to have an injury to actually sue to have a true malpractice case. And this is what can happen. So if, if we know this disorder, and it's a well-known disorder for, you know, almost 100 years, and we're not addressing it, it is completely illogical. Completely. We have a big vitamin D campaign. I can't understand why we don't have a B12 campaign. Because when you compare B12 deficiency compared to vitamin D, it just doesn't even compare. <laughs> So it can be done, and I think it can be done through education. Yes. And, again, it's not always the physician's fault. You can't treat what you don't know. If they're right. not getting this and continuing education courses, I hold, I really consider this more even healthcare malpractice. Institutions need to be liable. 
it should become a never event. We have never events in certain um, things in the hospital where you don't operate on the wrong leg or arm. And there, there are safety mechanisms that, that we've put in, into place. But B12 deficiency should be one of them. B12 deficiency causes falls in elderly. And falls are the leading cause of death and disability resulting from injury in people over the age of 65. Why that happens is because B12 deficiency, as I explained, causes like a neuropathy, the numbness, tingling, paresthesia, so people, it's hard to know where your feet are. But it also, as it progresses, it causes balance um, disorders, and it can also cause dizziness. So if you are older and you already have maybe some, you know, difficulty with walking or bad leg or et cetera, if it's causing you more to be off balance and it's causing you not to be able to know where you're putting your feet and it can cause confusion, this all contributes to a fall. And falls can be, you know, causing a hip fracture, femur fracture. Many, 50% of the people that get a hip fracture you either go to a nursing home or you can die. So that's, that's a whole other problem. But the mobility, putting them in a, in a nursing home or rehab, that's expensive. So you're really shortening um, their lives. And the, the craziness of all this, there's so much rich research, and there are chapters in every medical textbook on B12 deficiency. Why we're not practicing it is, is just beyond me. And that's what I've been trying to uh, get across to medical institutions, et cetera. And it can be done. It would be very, it would be very um, rewarding. It's a cost-effective thing, and I think if one hospital started, then others would follow, and it wouldn't be a, a, a problem anymore. Right. And they also should start testing pregnant women, and they should be yes. testing babies. Yes, because I think that could really put a dent into the incidence of autism. Of course, there are children that truly have autism, but there are a percentage of people who are diagnosed with autism that actually have a B12 deficiency acquired brain injury. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, education is so important, and I just want to thank you for what you're doing to get this information out to the world and uh, these uh, institutions and so vitamin B12 is so important for our health, and testing is crucial. So now we need to go to another short break. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel and also on KFNX, and I'm live here at the Voice America studio in Phoenix, Arizona. I love coming to this studio. It's a fancy studio, and I love the staff here. Please stay tuned, and we'll be back very soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. 
Also, go to KristenHarperSpeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K R I S T E N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. We are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel and also on KFNX. And today's episode is, Could It Be a Vitamin B12 deficiency and my special guest is Sally Patchelock and I uh, wanted to uh, mention because we talked about uh, foods earlier and if you go to my radio show page at voiceamerica.com you can just type in tips to keep you healthy happy and motivated when you go to my radio show page on the right hand side You'll see all my episodes because I've been on the air for, I've had my radio show for over a year. So I've had, you know, a bunch of episodes. And uh, there was one episode about uh, avoiding vegan and vegetarian diets. And I I do recommend you uh, stay away from them uh, just because they're lacking nutrients. um, There's problems with uh, copper toxicity and more. And you can go and check out that um, uh, previous episode on 
vegetarian and, and vegan diets. And then also if you go to my website at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com, you can opt into my Get Healthy ebook. And there are foods that I recommend. I'm not too much of a fan of like shellfish and organ meats and stuff, but uh, most of our diet should be consisting of a lot of uh, organic cooked vegetables for nutrients, for minerals, and you know, like organic and grass-fed meats, including you know, uh, chicken and turkey and and other um, you know, uh, protein and other foods. So you can learn more about the uh, diet and opt in to get that. I actually have two Get Healthy eBooks, and I, I'm just loving this episode. It's so informative, and Sally has a lot of expertise. And so I encourage my listeners to get her book, and you can uh, find it on Amazon. She has amazing reviews, and the uh, book is... Could it be B12, an epidemic of misdiagnoses? And I would love, Sally, for you to share some specific cases of victims who have had a B12 deficiency, and you actually bring up these cases in your book. Um, my goodness, there's so many. I still see me at the hospitals we go. Um, and patients that write in and even in medical journals. Um, I had a woman, I remember a very long time ago, it was very sad. She came in and she was elderly. She had fell and broke her lower part of her leg. She went to a rehab and then they brought her back a week later because she fell again and broke the other leg. And I remember I had her as a patient and when I looked at her blood values, her history, the medications, et cetera, and doing a physical exam, I thought, oh, my God, like she's like a poster child for B12 deficiency. Convinced one of the physicians to test her, she was severely B12 deficient. Now, that helped contribute to her fall, but it is, it just, it's maddening how everybody overlooks it. They don't test them. Like, and we're putting on all these other medications. To me, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's negligence, and it, it needs to stop. Yes, it does. And so the, the, the B vitamins, and then, you know, you have the B complex and the vitamin C, uh, those are water-soluble. And so these vitamins can uh, deplete pretty quickly when you compare those to the fat-soluble. Um, I just, exactly. yeah, I mean, these nutrients are so important. We need to be talking about them more. I mean, they're critical. They're so important for health. And one thing we didn't even discuss was there are genetic mutations for B12 deficiency, <gasps> meaning yes. there are certain percentages of the population that I'm sure you've heard of MTHFR mutation. Yes. It's where people's enzyme, the methionine synthase, it's faulty. So these people that have that mutation have difficulty converting B12 to the active form. There's an MTR and MTRR. So when you take, I mean, everything we've already discussed, but then when you add in the people that have these mutations, they need more B12 than the normal person, and they need the right forms. There's different forms. And I really do not, 
Um, we even talked about the different forms, but cyanocobalamin we really shouldn't be using because of people who have mutations, and we don't know which people have mutations, et cetera. And methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin, hydroxylcobalamin, those forms to use, they're no more expensive than cyanocobalamin. So when people get B12 shots, they should be getting hydroxylcobalamin versus cyanocobalamin. That's one tip for your listeners out there. And B12 is cheap. You can learn how to self-inject, and you can give it subcutaneously. You do not have to give it into the muscle like I am intramuscularly. You can do that at home like a diabetic. A 30cc vial of hydroxylcobalamin costs around 36 to $40. That should last you a good 10 months. So it's very cheap to, cheap to treat. But you have to have a physician to prescribe the injectable B12. There's tablets out there. They're not as reliable as, it depends on why you have the deficiency. Some people can do very good with sublingual tablets under your tongue that melt. So people who are vegans and vegetarians, they should be taking that daily. Um, and especially if you're pregnant um, or thinking of getting pregnant, we should also be trying to get institutions to start testing women to see where they're at to prevent um, neurological problems in children. And there's a whole other category called inborn errors of B12 metabolism. They're rare, but they are severe genetic disorders that when a baby is born, if they have this mutation um, or inborn error, if they don't get B12 injections, if they don't identify it, the child will die. Or if they diagnose a little late, like in the first two, three months of life and they diagnose it late, they can be severely intellectually disabled, developmentally delayed, not being able to walk and become blind, etc. That just shows you how important B12 is. We know about these inborn errors, and if you look at the destruction it does to the body, they'll get um, metabolic stroke, where the child will have a stroke just like an older person because that homocysteine is so high. They don't have, it's a protein metabolism problem. They don't have the ability to convert it to the active form, so they have to have it, um, and we should be screening, uh, you know, neonates when, you know, when they're at birth, they should be screened. We're starting some of the screening is in there, but we're not getting the children who are B12 deficient from the mother. And that's something that I think each um, infant at two months or three months, they could do a simple test in the urine called methylmalonic acid, so a urinary MMA, and they could identify which children are B12 deficient. So it's not a, a problem. Okay, um, this has been an amazing episode. And we have a couple of minutes left. I have one question for you, and then if you could just sure. give um, any last comments to my listeners. But um, as far as methyl, the form of uh, B12, I've done research where that is a, a, a good form. Would you recommend the methyl for me? For, um, for injections, I like hydroxylcobalamin, and the reason for that is that's the form that they use for children with inborn errors of B12 metabolism. It's very successful and it converts easily to methyl and to adenosyl B12. Those are the two forms that you need. It's not just methyl. We need adenosyl B12. Methyl B12 is good. I think there are a lot of practitioners out there. Unfortunately, they're jacking up the price of methylcobalamin and, you know, toting that, oh, it's, but you can actually get by prescription from a physician a 30cc vial. You shouldn't have to go to the office every you know, two weeks to get an injection. You could do it yourself, save yourself a lot of money. Methyl's good, but 
hydroxylcobalamin absolutely does the job and does it well. And so that's the form I prefer, but I would prefer methyl over cyanocobalamin. If you're going to take tablets over the counter, yes, I would do methyl uh, B12 tablets way over the cyanocobalamin. They don't really make hydroxylcobalamin. There might be a few out there. Okay. B12 and, is and, a very uh, Sally, I'm so, molecule, uh, uh, and it, it can, injectable works better than tablets. Okay. And uh, Sally, we're at the end of the show. So um, do you have a website? Uh, it's uh, b12awareness.org. So b12awareness.org. And there's also, they, people can view, there's a documentary, Diagnosing and Treating Vitamin B12 Deficiency. It's had over a half a million views. Wow. 50 minutes of Alyssa Leonard that shows the patients, real patients that have been misdiagnosed. And they can also watch the film Sally Patchlock online also yes, for free. Yes, and I, I've watched the documentary. It's amazing. So I highly recommend you uh, check it out. And um, thank you for coming on. It was uh, very informative, this episode. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kristen. You're a great interviewer. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, this is uh, Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. Uh, please send me an email. My email is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. I'd love to get comments from you, any questions you may have. And it's important you uh, work with your doctor, your practitioner, as far as uh, you know what uh, dosages you should have in terms of uh, uh, B12 and your other vitamins and, and minerals and what type, uh, what form. I usually recommend uh, supplements along with a healthy diet, healthy lifestyle, uh, and meditation. And it's important to work with your doctor to reduce your uh, need for medications and to get healthy, you know, and uh, so... Please tune in to my show every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. I've had amazing guests, celebrities, influencers, health and wellness experts, authors, and so much more. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for being a part of the show this week. Tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper can be heard live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Kristen can't wait to speak again next week.